This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. As I stand this morning, we also ask that we will be in prayer for the family of Zatavius. Zatavius Middleton. Um, the passing of Zatavius Middleton, Brother Middleton, this week, we ask we keep his family in our prayers in a very special way on today. Also, we want to ask that we would, or we want to say thank you to Marty, Christian, Justin, and so many others who are watching on Facebook Live. God bless you. Glad you could join us. Um, also, you know, you can go to that part and say give and give the five. Okay, let's talk. Our scripture this morning, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 41. Beginning with verse 41. And it reads, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. He will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me and I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer. And they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Our subject this morning, the danger in not. The danger in not. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, we ask in a special way that you speak to us, that we, your servants, might hear, but not just be hearers, that we may be followers of your word to do your will. Bless us now, God, that we can truly be a blessing unto others. Use us, God, as instruments of your peace. We love you, we adore you, we magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The danger in not. Spiritual inactivity is a detriment to the body of Christ. We cannot be a functioning part of the body of Christ and do nothing. We have been saved. We have been called. We have been gifted to be an active part of the church of Jesus Christ. As Apostle Paul speaks of spiritual gifts given to each one of us and as a part of the body of Christ in Romans 12, notice what he says to us. In Romans 12, beginning with verse 4. 
For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let me say that part again. We have gifts, yeah, according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us, what? Use them. If prophecy in proportion, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. In other words, Paul reiterates to us again that we are not saved just to be saved. We are not saved and gifted just to look pretty and handsome. We're not saved to be put on a shelf that others may admire us. We have work to do. Yeah. We have work to do for the excellence of the upbuilding of God's kingdom. If you are saved, you have work to do. So look at your neighbor and say, let's go to work. Well, if that one didn't respond, look at the other neighbor and say, let's go to work. Now, I know what some people are saying. Well, y'all, what do you mean, working? You can't work in your salvation. Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, reading verses 8 through 10. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. What it's saying that we have gifts, yes, and we have to do the work. God has called us to work. But we are not working in order to be saved. We are working because we are saved. All right, let me throw this out there to you right quick because we have some things that we're really looking for us to do as a congregation. So I'm going to throw this out so we can begin to understand kind of what I'm saying about this. We were gifted so we could work. And we are his workmanship created to do good works. If for any reason you feel as if you don't want to do good works, you don't feel like doing good works, you could care less about good works, but you think you're saved. That, that's my job as pastor to kind of help you understand because I say this all the time. All the time. If anybody ever heard me say this, you can raise your hand. Have you ever heard me say that when you get to the gates and when you get to that place where they make a determination of whether you're going in or out and you're not going in, you're trying for non-smoking, but they're showing you smoking. I always say to you, don't you ever say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a member of First African Baptist Church and Reverend Thurman Neal Tim, don't call my name. So I'm trying to make sure everybody understands now what the criteria is and what's happening. And this verse kind of helps us with what happens in those very last times, the very last part of what we will know about. So it says to us that we don't work because we don't, we're not saved because we're working, but we work because we're saved. You cannot, I know this is bad English, but it helps me better understand. 
You cannot do nothing and be effective. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just can't do nothing and, and say, because we say we're on the battlefield. We, we're saying that a lot. You know, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield. If you're on a battlefield, you're not just standing out there in the middle of the field. You have to do something if you're a real soldier. If not, you get hit by sometimes friendly fire. So we are called into action. We are called to serve. And that's why I like the choir just saying that about um, I'll serve the Lord. We are called to serve. Yes, he's called for that. He didn't just call us to come and and be here, but we're called to serve. So I know you said, what did Jesus say? All right, Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In this kind of sermon, I know you got to put a lot of scripture in there because the pastor just saying stuff to us. Matthew 5, 16. Yeah, Jesus speaks. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, that they may see your good works. They may see your good works. There's a real danger in not working. I know what you're saying. The Ten Commandments got a whole bunch of knots. And we following the Ten Commandments. I felt it. I heard you saying, no, there's a lot of knots in there. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of knots. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Yeah. And that might be where a lot of folk get that not religion. I must be saved because I do not smoke. I do not cuss. I do not commit adultery. I do not, I do not, I do not. But, but if, if that's all it took to be saved was just not to do, I would go outside and speak to that save stop sign. Because it's just sitting there doing nothing. But we're called to do something. Now, if it was only about not doing stuff, and I don't talk a lot about don't do this and don't do that and don't do that. I, I, don't, I don't do a lot of that. Sometimes I'm criticized for that. Pastor, you don't talk enough about what they need to do. How do you focus sinning? And they need to stop their sinning. And you need to talk against this and talk against that. I don't do no good. No, because you're going to do what y'all want to do. Say amen, church. However, I do contend that if you're so busy doing what the Lord wants you to do, and you do that first, you'll be too tired to do the rest of that stuff. Or you'll realize it's really not benefiting you at all. So yes, the commandments go, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that. But Jesus, when he was asked, what's the greatest of all the commandments? He had an opportunity to say, thou shalt not kill, or thou shalt not steal. He, he could have said any of those thou shalt not. But he said, the greatest commandment is you shall. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. Even when Jesus was asked what's the greatest, it's something that has action to it, and it's love. He commands us to love. The great commandment, not the great suggestion, the great commandment. He died, he rose from the grave. That, that's what he did. He gave us a great commandment. Love, they got to keep up with this. I'm coming back to this. I'll make sure you got all of this done. And don't forget, when you get the test, you've got to get this right. Look what happened there. 
He gave us a great commandment that we ought to love one another. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, love each other. Then he died. He died on the cross for all of our sins, was buried. Third day, got up from the grave. When he got up from the grave, he assembled with the disciples, and then he gave them what we call the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. He gave the great commandment to love. He died, rose from the grave, then gave us the great commission to go. Amen. Got it? Yeah. But then not only did he give us the great commission to go, he told us you will be empowered yes, to go. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Once, once he died, rose from the grave, he was seen by over 500 men. Forty days he was around. And then on that 40th day, as he was standing there with the disciples... He said, you will, when the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. Yes. In other words, that's what you're going to do. So if you're going to go to be witnesses, you're going to go and do what I ask you to do, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And as he said that to him, he ascended up to heaven. And they saw him going up to heaven. They, they saw him going up to a cloud. He, he was gone. And they stood there gazing, looking up. And the angel standing there with them, two men in white said, why you stand gazing, looking into heaven? Mm. Now, y'all know the answer to that. If you ever seen anybody just float up into heaven, you, you'll be gazing too. But they were gazing. But, he stopped, but basically they were saying, there's work to do. Because that same Jesus you saw going up is coming back in like manner. He's coming back in like manner. And they expected him to come back any moment. So they got busy doing the things that Jesus had taught them to do, and they began to teach other like the first century church. That was why they were so excited about helping to meet the needs of others. So he said, you receive power. And in Acts chapter 2, the power came in the person of the Holy Spirit. So we are now empowered to do what he commanded us to do and commissioned us to do. We have the power to do what God said do. Amen. Matter of fact, Scripture says, and we could do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that he's placed within us. So we can't have an excuse to say, I, I would do that. I would witness. I would, I would use my gift, but I feel kind of like I'm at a loss. I don't, I don't have the power, the strength, the ability. Yes, you do. He has, you have been empowered to do what God has called all of us to do. Amen. So if for no other reason, yeah, we ought to do this. Well, why would we do this? Why would any of us be excited enough to do any of this stuff he's telling us about? Well, I would contend the reason we would do it is because we love God. Oh, yeah. we, we love Jesus. We, we love him because of what he's already done. We, he died for our sins, rose from the grave. Had he not died for our sins, we wouldn't have an opportunity to even have life everlasting or to have real abundant joy as we walk on this earth. Amen. That really joy comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can't overemphasize that enough. If we walk around wanting to be sad, depressed, and down, we bring it on ourselves. That's not what Christ brings into our life. Amen. He brings us the joy, the peace, the happiness. Now, there are times when God will, in fact, allow you to go through persecution. He'll allow you to go through hard times because he's trying to mold us into being what he wants us to be. Amen. All right? Don't like I have you there. Let me help you understand that. So you understand. You say, no, no, he won't let me go through nothing like that because just to make me do what he wants me to do, he won't do that to, to kind of help me and push me along. Y'all do remember that I said in Acts chapter 1, he said, 
you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. That's what he said. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utmost parts of the world. Acts chapter 2, the power came. They had the power Jesus promised them. They were in Jerusalem. Now they got to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Acts chapter 2, they have the power, and they're in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 3, they have the power, they're in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 4, they have the power, they're in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 5, they have the power, they're still in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 6, they have the power, they're in Jerusalem, and they get some more folk, they get the deacons to help them manage the crowd that they have in Jerusalem. But they're still in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 7, they're still in Jerusalem. He gave you power in Acts chapter 2. Acts 7, they're still in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Notice it was Acts 1, verse 8 that said, you will receive power. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 says, uh-huh, and great persecution came out among the church. And Saul was even consenting unto the death of Stephen. And as great persecution came, guess what they did? They left. They scattered. Where did they go? They went to Judea and Samaria. I mean, they could have gone anywhere, but they went to Judea and Samaria. They went to the places where the Lord said you would go when you receive power. Pastor, why don't you take us all the way back to that? You told us that before. I want you to understand that. Could be that you're going through what you're going through and might be going through even more of what you're going through until you decide to go where the Lord wants you to go and do what the Lord wants you to do. If no other reason, we ought to go because we love God. We love Jesus. We love him for what he's done. We love him because he died for our sins, rose from the grave. We love him because he cares for us so much. We love him because of his grace and his mercy, how much he cares for us, how much he helps us, even in the midst of all we go through. We love him. But the word of God tells us if we love him, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandment. That, 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 that's showing how you, how you love me. And look at John chapter 13, verse 34, 35. Look at what Jesus says. He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. What's his commandment? A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. So also are you to love one another. Listen to what he says, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If... You have love one for another. He gave us a great commandment to love. He gave us a great commission to go. Then he gave us the power to do what he wants us to do. Pastor, what are you saying in all this? And I'm done. This is the basis for the ministry initiatives and the ministry teams we're forming right now out of every disciple of First African Baptist Church. It's not just so we can be better organized, but so we can show a dying world that we serve a living Savior by serving God, by serving one another, and serving those outside of our church. We're called upon to do the work God has called us to do, and we show that love. And when we show that love, God will get glory. He said, let your light shine that others might see your good works and give him glory. They don't have to thank us for doing the good we got to do. They don't have to thank us for helping folk in every situation we help them. But God will get the glory if we just do it his way. 
We have the ministry initiatives and the ministry teams we're forming so we can show each other and the world the love we have for one another by doing helpful and meaningful things for one another in order to build up the body of Christ. Or not. But there is a danger in not. Not doing what the Lord said do. There's a danger in not loving like the Lord say love. There's a danger in not living like the Lord say live. You do realize that there is going to be a final examination. I know y'all used to love those things, and those, y'all love those now when you're in school. Y'all love those final examinations. You can't wait for them. The final exam. When they say everything is resting on the final examination, and you just can't wait for it to get here. Now you got the final examination, and you have to do well on it. Well, my brothers and sisters, God has blessed us. He's blessed us to see and to take the final exam way before we get to the final time. That's what Matthew 25 is all about. And when it gets down to verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heaven of glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He will put the sheep on his right and the goat on his left. Yeah. Then he said to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous were a little confused. I said, wait a minute, Lord. When, when, did, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And it says, the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brethren, of mine, you did it also unto me. That's those on the right. That's those who did that stuff. But there is another group standing there. And that's kind of where we started today. He will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and the angels. Let me put a step right there. The devil and his angels. Let me put a little point right there. If you end up in the lake of fire, if you end up in hell, you end up there uninvited. You, you are not biblically invited to end up there. It was not prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Well, how did it get there? For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothed me. I was sick. You did not visit me. I was in prison and you did not look after me. And that crowd would be confused too. Oh, wait a minute, Lord. Time out, King. Oh, wait. No, stop the, stop the presence. Wait a minute. Oh, 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 you got me confused with somebody. When, when, when did I see you and not clothe you? 
When did I see you, Lord, and not feed you? When did I see you and not visit you in prison? When did I see you and not take care of you in sick? When we, Lord, now you know, if I had seen you, oh, Lord, you know, I, you'd have came in the front door. I'd have took the plastic off the living room furniture. If, if I'd have seen you, Lord, I, I'd, I'd have had the dining room set up straight. The channel would be out. And I would put everything in place for you. I would cook the very best meal you've ever eaten whatsoever. It wouldn't be fried chicken because I know you really want us to eat baked. It'll be greens with turkey and not ham hock because I ain't trying to kill you, Lord. So I, 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 and, and it would be the best sweet potato pie. Oh, Lord, I, I, have it all. I just don't ever remember seeing you, Lord, because I would have done that for you. And he said, in as much as you did it not to the least of these, you did it not unto me. You see, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Sometimes the Lord has to urge us. He has to urge us to get what's best for us. You don't know what joy you have in helping other folk until you help other folk. You don't know what peace you have in forgiving other folk until you start forgiving other folk. You don't know what all God has prepared for you whenever you decide, Lord, I've been trying it my way. Let me do it your way. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I am gifted. Now, Lord, use me to do it your way. Sometimes we get in our mind, it won't work. I ain't going to love them. That crazy they are. I'm not going to do nothing for them. I, I will not forgive them. I'm not. I want to hold them in my imaginary prison. Because the prison you got them in is really only imaginary. They could care less about the prison you got. And we go through all these things, all these things in our minds about what we're going to do to folk, how we're going to do to folk. And the Lord is saying, love, forgive. Help. He said, I got your back. Yes, sir. Right? I, I, I say all the time. Right. You don't ever have to question this. Pastor Tillman loves me. Yes, I love you. I, every disciple of First African Baptist Church, Pastor Tillman loves you. Now, somebody asked him one day, what, you, you love all the members of First Yeah. And this Pastor, what, you, you trust the folk at First African Baptist? I said, I love everybody at First African. Amen. I don't have to trust them. Mm. I trust God. Amen. God is the one that got your back. If God be for you, oh, some folk can be against you, but it don't matter. If you and God make the majority. Yeah, listen. We're on a battlefield, but it's the Lord's battlefield. And he got you covered. There's a danger in not helping, in not loving, in not sharing. So one of the scriptures in Romans says, he who have a gift to serve, it says, let him serve. Yeah. That's King James. He who, who wanted to serve, let him serve, let him. And I saw that in Romans 12, it said, let him, let him, let him. I said, I was saying, who, who keeping them from serving? He said, let them serve. Let, let, let them give. Let them. I said, wait a minute. It seems like somebody keeping them from doing it. And I know y'all, when y'all get before God, and he said, why didn't you serve? Why didn't you give? Why do you help somebody? You don't say, because a pastor ain't let me. 
Oh, yeah, I felt that. Somebody going to say that. <laughs> Pastor Tillman ain't let me serve. No, I'm telling you right now. Everybody going to serve. Everybody. Let me say that again. Everybody going to serve. One more time. Everybody going to serve. Yeah. And, and listen, we're going to organize it so we will help you serve. That's what the ministry teams are all about. You put down what team you're interested in, what gifts you have, what abilities you have, what knowledge you have, and you're going to help everybody else do what everybody else needs to do. If you know how to help folk get jobs, and somebody's been trying to get jobs and they just can't get it, can't keep a job, you can tell them. You're the one who can tell them because you have this experience. You know how to keep a job. You've had your job for years. You can tell them, brother, sister, to get a job, you got to at least fill out the application. Some folk don't know that. So we love them, but some folk don't know that. They just think a job ought to come. And then you tell them, after you fill out the application, and after you get the orientation, you got to get up and go to work. Some folk need to know that, and some folk need to be encouraged. Because they don't like to get up that early. You know, they didn't come. You need to get up and go to work. Because yeah. without you going to work, there will be no check. Oh. Then you tell them, once you get to work, you ought to act like you want to work. Yeah. You can't just be on the man clock and decide, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Oh, I know you're supposed to be the boss, but you don't know how you're doing it. Let me show you how it ought to be done. Wow. No, no, no. You, you, you understand. And somebody can help you with how to keep a job. I said, somebody can help you how to keep a job. So, so that's why we be talking to each other and ministering to each other and helping one another to do what we got to do. Some folk will go get a payday loan because they need money right now. And they'll charge you 300%. You don't care. You just want the money right now. And your paycheck come and they take all of it. Now you're ready to fight and kill somebody. But we have a credit union right here. And we have folk knowledgeable in finance that can help you with that. We have folk that can't work for anybody and really do need to have their own, they need to have their own business. We have folk that can help you with entrepreneurship and learning how to establish your business and keep your business and keep it running legally. How to get a business license <laughs> and have insurance and be bonded. We got folk to help with all that. What I'm saying is we, we have folk who can help um, teachers, retired teachers. We, we, we have retired folk from almost every field. We have so much help around here, but yet right. we haven't really been helping each other. Right. And listen, that's not going to be on me as pastor because we're going to make sure that everybody understands whatever God, God has gifted you to do and whatever God has gifted you to be, that you are, are mandated to do it. And you cannot say, I'm not just going to do it. Ain't nobody ask me. We're asking everybody right now. To whatever gifts you have, whatever areas of interest you have, uh, just in saving money. Some folks need to save money better. Put some more money in the you need to save money. Well, how, I can't save. That's all I'm making. But don't you know that people could tell you how you could use coupons? That there are folk that can tell you how you could save money, uh, certain ways of buying food at certain places, and, and, and you can't eat out every night. And, and they, matter of fact, we even got some great cooks here in the church that, that could cook food for you and can give you food on a daily basis. There's going to be a whole lot less than what you would pay eating out. Even if y'all sat in a little group and talked about every time you eat out, drink water. And if you got to have hot tea, get some hot water and take your own tea bag. Take your water, take some crystal light and put it in the water. You'll be surprised how much you save 
by not spending that three to five dollars on a drink, and that and that's only if you're drinking non-alcoholic stuff. <laughs> Praise his name. But you you save you can save just on that alone and get home and drink the non-alcoholic stuff, the juice. You get, but but I'm saying it's people who can help people who know this kind of stuff that's had to do it in life. And they can sit and talk with other folk who saying, I don't know how to make it. I never have enough money after the end of the month. I can't time. I can't do what God wants me to do. Because I don't have enough. No, there are folk who can help you budget. And we all are mandated to help each other do what God would have us do. The first century church, what they did was they sold all they had, laid at the apostles' feet, and let the apostles divvy out the money. And divvy out the food and divvy out the whatever they had. But God is calling us in this day and time to help each other and to be what he has us to be. Amen. We can do it. Amen. We can love each other in such a way that we want to help each other get to what God wants them to be. Amen. We can be with each other in a time of sickness, in a time of uh, bereavement, in a time whatever we have. We can do it as a family together. And as we do it as a family together, God will get the glory. Amen. How do we know he get the glory? Because Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's why he came through 42 generations. That's why he came and he hung on the cross for your sins and my sins. That's why he allowed them to put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head. That's why Jesus died for you and for me. And that's why early on that third day, he got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave, victory over death. That's why he ascended into heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who guides us, who helps us, who will show us the way to do what he wants us to do. There is a danger in not, but there's really joy in doing. Might be somebody here today who said, well, you know, I, I need the Lord in my life. I, 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 I've sinned. I've come short. I'm sorry for my sins. I want to turn for my sins. We give you an opportunity right now to give your life to Christ. Walk down the aisle. Give me your hand, but give God your heart. And the second invitation, it may be those who've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but do not have a church home and would like to have a fellowship with First African Baptist Church. Won't you come today? God loves you. Won't you come? Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify. G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.